0: Luke chapter 24 beginning with verse number 1. Now upon the first day of the week early in the morning they came into the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabouts, behold. Two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. And there arose Peter, and ran into the sepulcher. And stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. May God add blessing to the reading of his word this morning. What we have is a depiction and an understanding of the resurrection. There's something very special. Actually, there are a few things very special about this passage that I want to bring out and put before you this morning. And I hope you walk away with a renewed passion and a renewed understanding for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the crucifixion and the resurrection. It was just three days earlier on Friday. Jesus was had experienced tremendous beatings and tremendous torture. He had been accused of blasphemy. He had been accused of of trying to take over the Roman Empire. He had been accused of many things falsely. Many people had been brought up as a witness and a testimony against him. They had been bribed to lie about Jesus just to get him crucified because that's what the religious leaders wanted done. You see, Jesus was coming preaching the truth. Of the kingdom of God. And it was in contrast to what the Pharisees and the scribes had been teaching for 400 years. They had been teaching a false gospel. They had been teaching about a false Messiah. They had been telling all of Israel that a Messiah was coming to deliver them from the Roman Empire. But when Jesus came, Jesus was preaching the deliverance of people from the burden of their sin. He was teaching salvation through God, through him, by believing in him. And that was something that the Pharisees seemed to struggle with. And they become angry at Jesus and they wanted his death. Well, they got that on Friday. They thought that they had this thing settled. That it was done. Even though Jesus had been telling everyone that he was going to rise from the dead, that he would would be crucified or that he would die, he would be dead for three days and he would rise again. They did not believe it. Now we have Sunday morning, the first day of the week. Early in the morning, we hear about a group of women. If you notice that in the passage. A group of women that took Jesus seriously. Now there were 11 apostles that were sitting back hiding. There were many other men and women that were still sitting back hiding. But there was this group of women who said, Look, we want to go prepare Jesus' body. Because none of them really understood what the resurrection meant, men or women. But these ladies wanted to go minister to the body of Jesus. They were carrying spices and oils and ointments. And that was the tradition in those days. They would go visit the body and they would go in there and they would rub the body down with ointments and oils and everything of that nature as it would go through its process of the burial. But they got there, these ladies, and the stone was rolled away the tomb was opened and as they walked in Jesus body was gone but they got to looking around and they saw two two men standing in white bright white garments they were glistening white garments when we look at that in the passage it says shiny Well, that word shining is a description. It's an adjective. But it meant that there was a glowing, bright, brilliant, radiant light that was emanating from them. They were angels. We don't know who these angels were. It may have been Michael and Gabriel. We don't know. We don't really need to know. All we need to understand is God had sent two messengers and placed them in the tomb. And the first people that knew the truth about Jesus were these ladies. They looked at these ladies and they said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Now they got told and they were introduced to a gospel message at that point that needs to be spoken and needs to be shared among the world today, ladies. And that is Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive and well today. He rose from the dead in a bodily resurrection. That means when he got up, He got up just as he was laid down in a physical body. The only thing, it was glorified by the presence of God himself. It was glorified in the fact that he would never feel any more pain. He would never... He would never experience any more trials, any more tribulations, any more suffering. He still carried in his hands and in his body the scars of the crucifixion. And today, as he stands at the right hand of God making intercession for you and I, he still bears those wounds in his body as a symbol of his of his victory over death, burial, and the grave. We can celebrate Jesus this morning and what Jesus accomplished on Calvary and by the resurrection in our personal lives. If we are saved today, we have experienced a resurrection from the death of sin into the life of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We have experienced a resurrection similar to what Jesus experienced. So when we go forth and we're talking to people about Jesus... We can share with them our experience of being resurrected from the death and the penalty of sin into the glory of a new life in Jesus Christ. Think of that in your life. I'm not considering and I'm not asking you to worry about the mistakes that you may have made since you have been saved. I have made mine. You have probably made yours. We're not worried about that. What we're thinking about this morning and focusing on this morning is the victory that Jesus has given each and every one of us because of his resurrection. You have an eternal victory in Jesus Christ if you know him as your personal savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 specifically tell us that for this to happen all we have to do is to believe in our heart. That God raised Him from the dead and confess our sin. That's all it takes. If you have never done that, I want to encourage you today, Easter Sunday, to consider giving your heart to Jesus Christ. Let Him forgive you of your sin. Let Him wash away all of that past and all of that background and let Him take you into His kingdom. Experience the resurrection into eternal life. That is the message that the ladies were given in the tomb on that Easter morning. Well, let's look at some other things. They were afraid. They worshipped. Now, they worshipped and they bowed before these angels, but these angels were not people to be worshipped. What they were worshipping was the presence of God that was on display. It is an opportunity today for us to worship the presence of God on display through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God that could not be stopped. The devil tried to stop it through the Pharisees. The devil tried to stop it through the Roman government. The devil tried to stop it by intervening, and intervening in the hearts and the lives of those in the community. Yet, God prevailed. God wants to prevail in your life and in my life today. God wants to give that same victory to you and I. Can we say beyond a shadow of a doubt this morning that we know we have been assured of that victory? Only you know that in your life. You and God know it. It's not, I know it in my life. But it's up to you and God to figure it out in yours and where you stand. Just like it is with anyone else. I can't tell you if you're saved. I can tell you what the Bible says and you and God can work it out from there. You and God know whether you are right with him or whether you're not this morning. And I want to encourage you to take that moment and know. Today is the day, is the one day in the history of our nation, in the history of our world, where we can look and we can focus on the resurrection and what it means personally in our lives. Luke 24, 7 says that Jesus said, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And when the angels reminded the women, they remembered. This morning is an opportunity for us to remember. An opportunity for us to remember the words of the word of God, of our Bible. The words of the promises of Jesus Christ in our lives and into the lives of all of those in our families and all of our loved ones. We all have loved ones this morning that we're worried about. We all have loved ones today that we are concerned with. We all have loved ones today and friends and family that we want to know are going to get right with God and they're going to get their lives together. Today is a day that we can remember those promises and we can faithfully reach up to God. We may not be able to fulfill them. We may not be able to make them happen, but God can. Are we going to faithfully Look up to God and put our trust in Him. Are we going to remember those promises today? And are we going to embrace them? And are we going to pray to God and give them over to Him and let God have His way in their lives? I want to encourage you to do that with these, the problems, the struggles that you may be having today. Maybe the, the cares and the worries of individuals that you have on your heart this morning. Give them over to God. Give them over to him and leave them with him. In remembrance of his word. In remembrance of everything that he has promised to do. God loves you this morning. He loves your families this morning. He loves your children this morning. He wants to see you come into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. How do we know how many men, how many women? Well, if we go down and we look, verses 9 and 10, we see, and they returned from the sepulcher, and they told everything to the eleven, to those, to those apostles. How important are women in the work of God? They're very important. Women are very important in God's work. God used these women to deliver a message to the men who had walked with, lived with, worked with, and witnessed the miracles of Jesus Christ for over three years. Peter and James and John, the three of the inner circle of Christ who were there with him, who saw him in the transfiguration, who saw him with the healing of people, who saw the feeding of the 5,000 and helped with it. But yet on the morning of the resurrection, Neither one of those three were brave enough to go to the tomb. These brave ladies did, and they brought the message back to these eleven. It was Mary Magdalene, remember Mary Magdalene? She was the lady who who lived a very loose life morally until she came to know Jesus and Jesus. Saved her and she turned her life around and she was a faithful follower of him and someone who loved him. She came from a past and a background where society may have never forgiven her, society may have never let it live, let her live down. But Jesus said, "Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more and start the new life. Start a new life over." And she did, and she was there that morning. Then there was Joanna. Joanna was another one whom Jesus had met and whom he had done a miraculous work in her life. And then there was Mary, the mother of James. James was a. James and John were brothers. James, Mary, the mother of James, was also Jesus' mother, Mary, because Jesus' brother was named James as well. James, who wrote the book of James in the Bible, was Jesus' half-brother. James grew up never believing in Jesus. James grew up believing that his brother, half-brother Jesus, was a nut, was a fruitcake. He didn't know what he was talking about. It was only until after the resurrection when James stood up and James said, Hey, he may actually be on to something. I watched him die on the cross. I watched them take him down. I watched them put him in a grave. And I heard these women come back with a story. And I went and I looked and the grave was empty. Then it was when James believed. But his mother, Mary, she was there and she had held Jesus and she had begged and pleaded. She was there through the whole crucifixion. And Mary went to take care of her son's body, but he wasn't there. So she had to come back and she had to tell the story. She had to tell the story. And then there were others that are not named that was with them. So this morning I ask you, what is your story? What do you have to tell others about what Jesus Christ has done in your life? What are the miraculous things that He has brought you through? What are the amazing testimonies in your life? You have them. And I want to encourage you today to take this time and start thinking about what God has done in your life and the things that He has brought you through and the testimonies that you have for Him. Who are the Religious people that are around that you can tell them, hey, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. They're out there. There are people out there today who, are, who you have influence over, who will listen to you and will listen to what Jesus has done in your life. And they will think, hey, if he can do it in their life, he can do it in my life. Because there's none of us That are so far away from God that we can't be touched by Jesus. And there are none of us so close to God that we don't need to be closer to him through Jesus. So what has Jesus done in your life that you can be telling others about? What have you experienced? The grace of God and his mercy in your life. What good does it do? Well, let's see as this closes this morning, let's see what good their testimony done. In verse 11 and 12, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Here these men were that had followed Jesus for three and a half years, and they didn't believe these ladies. It was just too too good to be true. But what did they do? when we tell people about what Jesus has done in our lives, when we share what Jesus has done in our lives with others, they may want to write it off. They may want to say, I don't believe it. I don't understand it. I don't believe it can happen. But notice in the last verse, Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher. He may not have wanted to believe it. Peter and the rest of them may not have wanted to have admitted that they were wrong about Jesus and about his resurrection. But they had to go see for themselves. That's what your testimony will do in the hearts and the lives of other people. They may want to doubt you. They may want to doubt what you have told them. But it will stir up something in their heart. And they will want to go see for themselves. It may be they'll go to church. It may be they will go read their Bible. It may be they'll go talk to someone else, but they'll want to go see for themselves. And when they want to go see and they look and they see nothing but that empty tomb and they have to admit that Jesus rose from the dead, then they have to admit that everything else that he said was true because if he defeated death and burial and the grave and if he rose from the dead, he can be telling the truth and he's true about everything else he promised, which includes your eternal life. That's amazing this morning. Because Peter saw the linen clothes and he departed wondering at that which was come to pass. What has happened? Jesus has rose from the dead. What has happened? This morning Jesus has rose from the dead. What is happening with that in our lives today? What does it mean to you and I? Only we can comprehend that thought ourselves. What does it mean in your life today that Jesus rose from the dead? What does it mean in your life? What does it mean in your future that Jesus has rose from the dead? I can tell you what God wants it to mean. (laughs) God wants it to mean that you're going to be walking closer to Him. You're going to be walking deeper in His Word and reading and listening. You're going to be seeking Him at a greater level in your life. That's what it should be. That's what God wants it to mean in your life and in my life today. Resurrection Sunday is an opportunity not for us to look at the past, but it's an opportunity for us to learn from the past And let it move us forward. Let us get our lives out of the tomb. And experience resurrection through Jesus Christ. This morning as we close in prayer. If anyone has any comments or questions afterwards. You'd like to discuss anything. I'm here. I'll be available for you. As we close in prayer. If God's dealing with your heart. Please don't leave this morning until we deal with that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of sharing your word today. As these ladies and their children look forward to the rest of this day, may the resurrection be fresh in their mind. We have a beautiful day, a beautiful clear sky. The sun is shining and so is Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that resurrection. Be with each one, each family that is gathered here today. Lead, guide, direct them, and bless them throughout the rest of this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.